قادمون أم حسبتم أن تدخلوا الجنة ولم ما يأتكم مثل الذين خلوا من قبلكم مستهم البأساء والضراء وزلزلوا حتى يقول الرسول والذين آمنوا معه متى نصر الله ألا إن نصر الله قريب this CD has been produced by Qadimun. A great deal of time and effort has been spent to bring you this product. Support the effort of da'wah by purchasing only original Qadimun products and not copies. Alhamdulillah, nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'afiruhu wa nasta'adihu. Wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyati a'malina. Man yahdihi allahu falamudilla lah, wa man yudlil falahadiya lah. وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أدى الأمانة ونصح الأمة وجاهد في الله حق جهاده إمام المجاهدين وخاتم الأنبياء والمرسلين صلوات الله وسلامه عليه الذي قال عن نفسه أنا سيد ولد آدم ولا فخ آدم ومن دونه تحت لوائي أنا إمام الأنبياء إذا اجتمعوا وخطيبهم إذا وفدوا ومبشرهم إذا أيسوا لواء الحمد بيدي وأنا أكرم ولد آدم على ربي فصلوات الله وسلامه على سيد الأولين والآخرين اللهم صلي وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة يقول تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون ويقول يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا نسأل الله عز وجل أن يرزقنا الإخلاص في القول والعمل وأن يجعلنا من المتقين عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله عنه asked أبي بن كعب رضي الله عنه what is the meaning of taqwa أبي بن كعب said أو أمير المؤمنين did you walk in a field that had a lot of thorny plants? Amir al-Mu'mineen said yes. Ubay ibn Ka'ab said, so what did you do? Umar bin Khattab radiallahu anhu said, I lifted up my clothes and I was very careful. Ubay ibn Ka'ab said, that is taqwa. We are walking in a field 
that is full of thorny plants. Shaytan and his followers will try to seduce you and invite you to evil. So having taqwa in dunya is lifting up your clothes and being careful so that you would not touch this evil. And that is the definition of taqwa. We ask Allah Azza wa to make us of al-muttaqeen. Dear brothers and sisters, there's a famous story, parable, that I will narrate to you. You might have heard it before, but there are some lessons to learn from this story. It says that there were four cows. One of them was white and the other three were black. And they used to live in a dangerous area surrounded by wolves. The way they protected themselves is they were always together. They would stick together, watch out for each other. Everyone was keeping an attentive eye. And they survived, even though the area was surrounded by wild beasts. But the three black cows had a meeting one day. And they said, this white cow is giving us away. When we try to hide at night, because we are black, nobody can see us. But the enemy is able to see the white cow. So why don't we just let him go? The three of us will be together and let's just let the white cow away because he's too much trouble. So now from that day on, the three black cows would be on one side and the poor white cow is alone. They boycotted the white cow. Now the wolf is very intelligent. He was able to detect the disunity that was among these cows. So he made his move and he attacked the white cow. And while he was devouring his flesh, the three black cows were doing nothing. They were watching it while their brother was torn into pieces. But the following night, the wolf attacked the three black cows. Why? Because now they were one man short. Or actually, one cow short. So they were not as strong as they were the day before. Because they let down their brother white cow, now the wolf attacked them and was able to snatch away one of the black cows. And now we only have two left. So the following night, it was even a more easy thing for the wolf because only two are left. So he ate one of them. And then on the final night, there was only one cow left. And the cow was trying frantically to run away from the wolf. But now this cow has no supporter and no helper. So the wolf is pursuing it with confidence. He knows that this cow will 
get tired and fall down. There's nothing the cow could do. Nobody to help him. So the wolf is walking around very happily with confidence and he pounced over the cow and grabbed him by the neck. And while he did that and the cow was pronouncing his last moments on earth, he made a very uh, important statement. A statement that is a great lesson that we can learn from. This white cow said, uh, the black cow, the last cow that was living, while it was dying, these were his last words. He said, Ukiltu yawma ukila al-abyav. I was eaten the day the white cow was eaten. I have signed on my execution form the day I allowed the white cow to be eaten. That's when I died. I didn't die now. I didn't die today. I died when I allowed the wolf to eat the white cow. Now brothers and sisters, I'm sure that you have already derived some lessons out of this story. I will go through some of them in case uh, you didn't pay attention to some of these lessons. Number one, this story is a good representation of the situation of the Muslim Ummah today. This is exactly what is happening. We are watching one Muslim nation fall after another and we're watching, sitting back, doing nothing. When Palestine was taken, we did nothing. And then one nation after another is entering into problems. We have Kashmir, you have Chechnya, the Muslims in the Philippines. And now we have Iraq. And the Ummah is doing nothing. The Ummah is watching while Iraq is being devoured. It's not going to end there. Because it will spill over to other countries like Syria and who only Allah knows who's next. So those nations weren't taken today. They were taken a long time ago. When we allowed a Muslim nation to fall down, we have allowed the same thing to happen to every and each one of us. The second lesson, this shows us the consequences of having this unity. When these cows didn't stick together, when they allowed the enemy to snatch one of them away, this is what happened to them. They were all defeated. Dear brothers and sisters, Rasulullah sallallahu has given an analogy of the ummah. Rasulullah sallallahu said, and this hadith is sahih, it's in Bukhari, that the analogy of this ummah is like a body. كَمَثَلِ الْجَسَدِ الْوَاحِدِ Like one body. إِذَا 
مرض منه عضو تداعى له سائر الجسد بالسهر والحمى إذا اشتكى منه عضو تداعى له سائر الجسد بالسهر والحمى If one part of the body feels pain then the whole body would suffer two things سهر and حمى سهر is sleepless sleeplessness you cannot sleep and حمى is fever Rasulullah ﷺ is saying that if your finger is injured, if your foot is injured, any part of the body is injured and you feel that pain, you cannot sleep. And your body develops a fever because your body is trying to fight the bacteria, fight the infection. It's trying to fight the enemy so the whole body gets involved in that process. That is the description Rasulullah ﷺ gave of the Ummah. So if a Muslim in the east or in the west, south or north, whether it is in the center of the body or the tips, whether it's in the finger or the toes, you should feel the same pain as if it is happening to your own family. If you are only concerned about your own safety and the safety of your direct family, then there's something wrong. You don't really, you're not really part of the body. Rasulullah is saying that the Ummah is one body. It doesn't matter whether they are split into different political states, or they are in different groups, or they belong to different madahib. As long as this person is a Muslim, and a Muslim is a person who has a sound belief in Allah Azza wa Jal, somebody who's not deviant, that's a Muslim. The thing is, sometimes we look at it, only me and my group are Muslims. Why? Because he doesn't follow my jama'ah. He's not following my way. As long as you cannot prove that that Muslim is a kafir, he's a Muslim. As long as you don't have evidence that, that, that such a person is a murtad, he is a Muslim. Whether he belongs to the same madhab, or the same group, or the same country, it doesn't make a difference. Now we all talk about the importance of having unity. If we talk about unity in terms of having one group and just abandoning all of these different jama'at and all of us, and we get rid of all of these different madahib and we'll all just be copies of each other, that's an impossible thing to have. What we mean by unity is that even though your approach to Islamic work might be different, the madhab that you follow might be different, However, you are there to help your brother when your brother is in need. That is unity. You could have different approaches to work. You could be doing different things because we need different things. The Ummah needs everything today. We have a shortcoming and deficiency in each and every area. Therefore, we need Muslims to fill those tagarat, to fill those posts. Therefore, our approach would be different. Some people are into da'wah, some people will be into seeking ilm, some people will be into ibadah. People are different. Not everybody can be a copy of everyone else. People have different abilities. Some people make good scholars, some people make good imams, some people make good teachers, and some people make a good advisor. People are different. Some people, they are good at doing work. They're not really into... Uh, talking and theory, they are good at doing the daily work that the Muslims need. Everybody is fulfilling a role. And we need to appreciate that.
So what is meant by unity? It means when your brother is in need, you jump to help him. That is unity. Regardless of what his ideology is, as long as he is a Muslim. That is unity. So we need to fulfill the meaning of the hadith. That this ummah is like al-jasad al-wahad, إِذَا اشْتَكَى مِنْهُ عُضُ تَدَاعَ لَهُ سَأْرُ الْجَسَدِ بِالسَّهَرِ وَالْحُمَّةِ You need to feel the pain and suffering when you see what is happening to your brothers in other parts of the Muslim world. You need to be concerned about what's happening in Palestine and Iraq. You need to be concerned about what's happening in Kashmir, even though it's not your country. And some of these Muslim countries have problems among them. They have wars, they have political problems. But as a Muslim, it shouldn't make a difference to you. These, are gov- these governments are having problems with each other. But that nation, the Muslims in there are my brothers. That's how you should look at it. So we should have that concern for the Muslim ummah. The one who is not concerned about the Muslims doesn't belong to them. Rasulullah says, ahab. A person would be with the ones he loves. You will be with the people you love on the Day of Judgment. If you have love of the Muslims, you will be with the Muslims on the Day of Judgment. If you have love for the Kuffar, you will be with the Kuffar on the Day of Judgment. That's how it works. That's the justice of Allah Azza wa Jal. Somebody who loves the Muslims will be with the Muslims and will follow them wherever they go. And that's why on the Day of Judgment, Rasulullah says, Allah Azza wa Jal will tell the people, follow the gods that you used to worship. So whoever used to follow, worship the cross, will follow the cross. Whoever used to worship an idol, will follow the idol. Allah Azza wa Jal is telling them, if you didn't worship me, you cannot expect me to give you the ajr. Go to your gods and tell them to reward you on this day. And then Allah Azza wa Jal will take all of those false gods and throw them in hellfire, and their people will have to follow them. Because Allah Azza wa Jal is just. You did it for him, he will reward you. You did it for somebody else. You go and ask the ajr from the other God. And there's no gods besides Allah Azza wa Jal. Number three, a very important lesson. The consequences of betrayal. The consequences of forsaking a Muslim. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Al-Muslimu akhu al-Muslim لا يظلمه ولا يخذله ولا يحقره A Muslim is a brother of a Muslim He does not oppress him He does not betray him And he does not give him up And Rasulullah says in the other hadith المسلم أخو المسلم لا يحقره means you don't belittle him In the other hadith it says المسلم أخو المسلم لا يظلمه ولا يسلمه a Muslim is a brother of a Muslim, he does not oppress him, and he does not hand him over. You don't hand over a Muslim to the enemies of Allah Azza wa Jal. And this hadith is sahih, it's in Bukhari al-Muslim. Al-Muslim wa al-Muslim la yizlimuhu wa la yislimuhu. These three cows, they handed over the white cow to the enemy. Now, what happens is, they thought that by doing that, they're securing themselves. They thought that they would be safe if they hand over this white cow. This white cow was outspoken, it was causing a lot of trouble, it was being accused of being a terrorist. So let him go, we don't want anything to do with him. Let him go to jail. But the thing is they don't realize that it will come to you next. You will be next in line. 
So brothers, if you want to protect yourselves, now we're not talking about doing anything for your brother that is down. If you want to protect yourselves, you need to stop that. You need to stop such things from happening. Because as soon as you allow one Muslim to be taken, Allah Azza wa Jal does not help you anymore. You lose the assistance, the aun of Allah Azza wa Jal. مَنْ نَفَّسَ عَنْ مُسْلِمٍ كُرْبَةٍ مِنْ كُرْبَاتِ الدُّنْيَا نَفَّسَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ كُرْبَةٍ مِنْ كُرْبَاتِ يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ If you relieve the pain or suffering of your Muslim brother in dunya, Allah Azza wa Jal will relieve you of pain on the Day of Judgment. وَمَنْ سَعَى فِي حَاجَةِ أَخِيهِ الْمُسْلِمِ كَانَ اللَّهُ فِي عَوْنِهِ يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ If you work to help your Muslim brother who is in need, Allah will help you when you are in need on the Day of Judgment. Now all of us know we cannot make it alone. Without the assistance and help of Allah we cannot go anywhere. If you want the assistance of Allah to be on your side, jump to the assistance of your Muslim brother. That's how you will protect yourself. If you let him down, don't think that that will please your enemy. No, it won't. The enemy will carry on. Shaitan, take it as a rule. Shaitan will never be satisfied, will never be happy until he is able to destroy the entire ummah. Nothing will satisfy Shaitan. If you try to please him, by all means, it's not going to work. He has been our enemy since the time of Adam, and he will carry on being our enemy until the day of judgment. Don't think that you will please him and keep him quiet by feeding him one of your brothers. No. His hunger is never satisfied. His thirst is never quenched. If we betray or forsake, if we forsake a Muslim who is in need today, be assured that Allah Azza wa Jal will forsake us tomorrow. And brothers and sisters, for you who are living in the West, you are living in a dilemma. Your children are brought up in a non-Islamic environment. And you're not going to be around. You're going to die. One day you're going to die and leave them behind. And only Allah knows what their fate will be. Possibly they could grow up into becoming non-Muslim. That's a possibility. We ask Allah Azza wa that none of our children, none of our children are go astray from the path of a Surat al-Mustaqeem. But the thing is, you need to invest for the future of your children. You need to invest something for them to ensure that they will carry on on the straight path. You don't want to be held accountable on the Day of Judgment and Allah Azza is telling you, you are the ones who brought your family to this land, therefore you are responsible for what they do in the future. And you will be responsible for generation after generation that comes. So you want to invest for your children. And the way you do that, is by standing up for your brother who is in need of help. Allah Azza wa will, will be there for you and will be there for your children. Because Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says in the hadith of Ibn Abbas, If you take care of the commands of Allah, Allah will take care of you. If you take care of the commands of Allah, you will find Allah with you. And how does that happen? Ibn Rajab Al-Hanbali, he gives explanations of Hifzullah. He says, if you take care of the commands of Allah, Allah will take care of you. How will that happen? He says, number one, if you take care of Allah, Allah will take care of you by keeping you away from shubuhat and shahawat. Allah will save you 
from the vain desires and He will save you from the doubts. Doubts in Iman. So that's one way Allah will save you. Second way, He said, Allah will take care of you in your old age. If you take care of the commands of Allah when you're young, Allah will take care of you when you're old. The third way, He said, if you take care of the commands of Allah, Allah will take care of your children. And He gives an example. He said in Surah Al-Kahf, in the story of Musa and Al-Khadr, when Al-Khadr rebuilt the wall that was about to fall down, Musa told him, why are you doing that? Why are you rebuilding this wall and these people are not going to pay us for it? What did Al-Khadr say? Al-Khadr said, وَأَمَّا الْجِدَارُ فَكَانَ لِغُلَامَيْنِ يَتِيمَيْنِ فِي الْمَدِينَةِ وَكَانَ تَحْتَهُ كَنْزٌ لَهُمَا This wall belongs to two orphans. And there's a treasure beneath it. And he said, I rebuilt it so that, if, because if the wall falls down, the people will take away the treasure from the orphans. But if I rebuild it, then the orphans, when they grow old, grow, are, and are adults, they can retrieve their treasure. And then he, he gives the reason why. He said, وَكَانَ أَبُوهُمَا صَالِحًا The reason why I rebuilt it is because their father was righteous. These orphans are not yet at the age of puberty to be held accountable. So how can you know whether they are salihin or not? The reason why Allah protected for them their treasure is because their father was righteous. The father already passed away. But Allah Azza is taking care of his kids. He's taking care of his children. And Allah Azza sends Al-Khadr to go all the way to that village in order to rebuild the wall for those two orphans. Why? Because the father was righteous. So not only will Allah take care of your children when you're alive, Allah will take care of them after you pass away. What's better than that? Therefore we need to take care of the commands of Allah. Don't think by ducking down, you will be protected and safe. You're not. You will be next. Now, dear brothers and sisters, uh, we talked about this issue in general. However, some specifics in your city, in your own neighborhood. We're not talking about now things that are happening in Iraq or Palestine or somewhere else. In your own city and in this country, many Muslims have been arrested. You know when you talk about Guantanamo Bay and all that stuff, there is a Guantanamo Bay in this country. There are 524 Muslims who are arrested under the new laws and only two of them have been charged. You have over 520 Muslims who are locked up in jail and are left to rot in there and there's no crime, they, they have not committed anything. There are no charges brought against them. And they're left there for months at end to just rot in those prison cells. What have you done for them? Your North African brothers who have nobody to help them in this country and the Muslim community in this country is not doing anything for them and they are left there years at end. One brother is telling me about the conditions of their families. These are poor brothers and sisters. Their families are left without any caretakers. Uh, they are suffering poverty and nobody is doing anything for them. And recently there have been some British citizens who have, were arrested. Later on they were released because there was nothing against them. And one of them, he was beaten up by police when they arrested him. He did not resist at all. He raised up his hands. The police came in and started beating him up. And then what did they do? After he was bleeding and had a black eye and he, had, he was bleeding in his urine and blood was coming from his ears. 
the police put him in the posture of sujood. And they told him, where is your God now? Insult to Islam, insult to our religion, insult to our ummah. You need to do something, we can't just sit there and watch. This is an insult to our religion, it's not just to the brother, it's an insult to Islam. You're bringing somebody and putting him in sujood and then you're telling him, where is your God? Allahu Akbar, you're trying to challenge Allah Azza wa Jal. Allah Azza wa Jal is, 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 is just and Allah Azza wa Jal is Al-Azim, Al-Qawi. Allah Azza wa Jal will revenge for himself. Allah Azza wa Jal does not need us. But the thing is, we cannot allow such things to happen and we watch. We just sit there watching, doing nothing. Thinking by ducking down and by being quiet, we'll be safe. If you don't stop it now, it's going to happen to you. It might happen to your wife, it might happen to your own daughter. You need to stop it in its, in its tracks before it grows. So, we ask you, there's a petition outside, you need to sign on on that petition. And you need to do whatever you're capable of doing. This is a responsibility, on your, it's hanging on your necks. It is something that you owe it to your Muslim brothers, that you owe it to your ummah, you owe it to Allah Azza wa Jal. You know, don't think that our religion is just, we talk about theoretical things and we stay away from what is happening to the ummah. That is why the Muslims in Spain lost Spain. Al-Maqarri, the classical Muslim historian, he said, and this was while, while the Muslim towns were falling down. Al-Maqarri says, the Muslim towns were being invaded by the crusaders one town after another and they were falling one after another and you can walk into the mosques of Andalus and you can hear nothing about what's happening to the Muslims. Nobody talks about it in the khutbah, nobody talks about it in the lessons, nothing. The scholars are talking about theoretical things and they're leaving the ummah. And the ummah is being betrayed and they're doing nothing. Ibn Hazm al-Andalusi, the famous scholar from al-Andalus was so frustrated and fed up with the situation of the scholars and the imams of al-Andalus, he said, do not be deceived by these fusaq, he called them fusaq, corrupt. He said, don't be deceived by these fusaq who claim to be scholars while they are wearing the skins of sheep on hearts of wolves. He said, what are they doing? They're doing nothing for the ummah. The ummah is falling down, the ummah is being fought against, the, the land of Al-Andalus is invaded, and they're talking about some other issues. So we need to stand up, we need to mobilize, we need to unify, we need to stand up and make our voice heard. And this is the ibadah, this is the ibadah that you're doing. It is the ibadah, you are worshipping Allah Azza wa Jal by assisting your brothers. And Allah Azza wa Jal will save it for you, in dunya, you will be rewarded for it, and in akhirah. And you're going to need it because the ummah is going through fitan. Each and every one of us is going through fitan. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal to protect us, to protect our families, and to protect our descendants. أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله العظيم لي ولكم فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم سلم كثيرا اللهم يا الله الواحد الأحد الصمد الذي لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد يا ذا الجمال والكمال والإكرام اللهم إنا نسألك رضاك والجنة ونعوذ بك من سخطك والنار اللهم إنا نسألك الجنة وما قرب إليها من قول وعمل ونعوذ بك من النار وما قرب إليها من قول وعمل اللهم إنا نستغيث برحمتك فإنك بنا راحم اللهم ارحمنا يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم يا الله لا تدع لنا في مجلسنا هذا ذما إلا غفرته ولا هما إلا فرجته ولا دينا إلا قضيته 
ولا مبتلا إلا عافيته ولا مريضا إلا شافيته ولا أيما إلا زوجته ولا عقيما إلا ذرية صالحة وهبته ورزقته برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين ولا داعية إلى سبيلك إلا هديته وهديت به ولا مجاهدا في سبيلك إلا عنته ونصرته وثبته إنك أنت القوي العزيز الحكيم اللهم يا الله اشف مرضانا اللهم اشفهم أنت الشافي لا شفاء إلا شفاء شفاء لا يغادر سقما اللهم اشفهم يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم اشفهم يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم اجعل مرضهم تكفيرا لسيئاتهم ورفعا لدرجاتهم وزيادة في حسناتهم وغفرانا لهم وتكفيرا يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم يا الله أعز الإسلام والمسلمين وذل الشرك والمشركين أعداك وأعداء الدين اللهم انصر المجاهدين في سبيلك في كل مكان في العراق وفي فلسطين وفي الشيشان وفي كشمير يا أرحم الراحمين إنك أنت القوي العزيز الحكيم ونسألك اللهم أن تدمر أعداءهم اللهم زلزل الأرض من تحت أقدامهم اللهم احصهم عددا واقتلهم بددا ولا تغادر منهم أحدا إنك أنت القوي العزيز الحكيم اللهم إنا نسألك تفقها في الدين وزيادة في العلم وصحة في الأجساد وكمالا في العقول ولباسا من التقوى وزهدا في الدنيا ورغبة في الآخرة وتوبة قبل الموت وراحة عند الموت ومغفرة ورحمة بعد الموت والعفو عند الحساب والجواز على الصراط والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار والنظر إلى وجهك الكريم برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيد الأولين والآخرين وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون وأقم الصلاة استوى ترس وسد الفرج الله أكبر بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين الله لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم لا تأخذه سنة ولا نوم له ما في السماوات وما في الأرض من ذا الذي يشفع عنده إلا بإذنه يعلم ما بين أيديهم وما خلفهم ولا يحيطون بشيء من علمه إلا بما شاء وسع كرسيه السماوات والأرض ولا يؤده حفظهما وهو العلي العظيم لا إكراه في الدين قد تبين الرشد من الغي فمن يكفر بالطاغوت ويؤمن بالله فقد استمسك بالعروة الوثقى لانفصام لها 
والله سميع عليم الله ولي الذين آمنوا يخرجهم من الظلمات إلى النور والذين كفروا أولياؤهم الطاغوت يخرجونهم من النور إلى الظلمات أولئك أصحاب النار هم فيها خالدون الله أكبر May Allah reward you for supporting the work of da'wah by purchasing an original Qadimun product. 100% of all proceeds go towards da'wah. If you'd like more information or have any comments, please call 07960-205-618 or email info at qadimun.com. Qadimun, dedicated to 100% da'wah.